0: crack the Mirrod and Besiege set review. I'm Jonathan Landreth, alongside my co-host John Anderson. how's it going and uh, I have been pumped up about doing this show since we started this podcast.
1: indeed I mean this has been one of the one of the big things we've been working towards so it should definitely be a good time.
0: all right now just a primer on what we're gonna be doing here. Uh, We're going to cover every card in the set, Um, and basically, we're going to be talking about we're going to be evaluating each card in both a limited and constructed environment. Um, And as far as our constructed stuff, I mean, you know, we're we're going to be looking not is it going to like is not is Michael J Flores going to play this, but is you know like your average fuckhead at a Friday? Night imagine going to play this. Pretty so much. yeah. So um, keep that in mind when judging our evaluations uh, as far as constructed goes, as far as what we think is constructed playable. Um. All right, so uh, I guess. I guess how we'll do this, uh, John. Uh, we'll take turns with cards. Sure. Uh, like uh, I'll start off, and then you know we'll talk about that card, and then the next card you'll do, you know that sort of thing.
1: Right. And for those of you following along at home, we're going off the uh, visual spoiler
0: on the mothership. Yeah. So you can you can follow right along, um, and uh, you know some of our evaluations are going to be. Influenced by our participation at the pre-release this past weekend. Uh, we are recording this on uh, Monday the 31st. So, um, the, originally we were going to do the recording, the set review, um, before pre-release. And I think that would have definitely... Uh, <laughs> we, I, I think uh, we would have had very different things to say about some of these cards before actually playing with them. Uh, but I think this this would be a good primer for the release tournament. Definitely. So. All right, well, uh, let's get right into it, because I have no idea how long this is going to take, but I know most people's set reviews take forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we'll start with a quarter paladin. Uh, he is an uncommon creature human knight. He costs one and a white. And he is a 3-1... With the battle cry mechanic, which we talked about last week,
1: correct. So when he attacks, all the other attacking creatures get plus one, plus zero. Yeah. So what do you think about this guy, Jonathan?
0: Uh, well i I think in limited he's solid. I had a chance to uh, play with him uh, over the weekend uh, a little bit, um, and uh, I think I think he's solid. I'm all about Three ones in this format, uh, especially ones that that are as cheap as him. I mean, we've been playing three ones for three with uh, Volshock, uh, Volshock replica, um, which is a solid playable card. I think this guy's a solid playable card. Uh, he trades with a cis bear. I like that, you know. Um, so, uh, and when he can get the beats in, it's uh, it's gravy.
1: Right. I had one of him in my pool over the weekend, which I played him, obviously. And he's... it's a versatile card. I mean, a majority of the time, I used him on D. Because a 3-1, you know, you really don't want him to trade with the 1-1 and get taken out. On the flip side, though, having him uh, being able to put the beats in when he can, definitely the Battlecry helps. So for an uncommon and for 2-mana, I think it's a totally solid card and should probably make its way into some white weenie decks in the future.
0: Yeah, so, some of the positions I really liked being in was having him on the board and my opponent having, uh, say, a 2-2 and trying to offer me the trade, and I don't take it. I don't block, and I'm just like, if you want to race, we'll race, and I'll win that race, but I th- I really like uh, that aspect of him. is just like he he really is like you said a, a versatile card his uh his crackback is very good but then you can also block stuff that you want to block uh and trade with with uh most of the relevant things in the set
1: right i think the battle cry mechanic is a little misleading cuz he's not a
0: card you want to be swinging with every turn unless you you know
1: have that leisure
0: yeah if i mean if you've got an open board which you could swing with pretty much anything and if they've got an open board for long enough for you to utilize this guy effectively, then they're going to lose regardless. Right. Uh, what do you think about him in Constructed?
1: In Constructed? Um, you know, I think he'll make his way into a few white weenie decks, like I said earlier. Uh, the battle cry mechanic is great for, you know, aggro-based decks, obviously. Um, I don't think he'll be in any
0: non-aggro-based decks. Just well, because, uh, uh, he's just, he's an aggro card through and through, yeah, sure. Pretty much. Um, uh, a lot of people have been talking about the Knight deck, myself included. Um,
1: well, yeah, I mean, you throw a Knight Exemplar in there and he gets infinitely better.
0: Yeah, I, I saw uh, I saw Danielle uh, 2-2 with the Knight deck before before we got any of these cards. I'm really interested to see what that deck looks like when, I mean, when you're just putting in knights that are subpar, you know. And uh this set has a lot of good knights. Uh we'll get into some of the other ones. Right. Um it really makes the you look hard at like a tribal knight deck is a viable.
1: Well, I think at at FNM regardless, um tribal knights and tribal soldiers are both I'd say moderately strong.
0: Yeah, but is there any soldier pumper right now?
1: Um the Soldier Lord, quote-unquote, from M11. I don't recall off the top of my head how good that is, though. There was a Soldier Lord? I believe so. I don't think so. Um, well, when we go to our break after white, I'll look into it, and we'll get back to, to you on that.
0: Okay. Um, so, yeah. A Quarter Paladin, I say, is a solid pick.
1: I believe so, also. Uh, moving on, we have the Ardent Recruit, which is a uh, human soldier. It's a 1/1 one, one for one white mana and it has metalcraft. It gets +2/+2. Plus
0: two, plus two. And uh, it's a common as well.
1: And it, yes, and it's a common.
0: Um I don't like this guy.
1: <laughs> I think if you have met- if you have the means to get metalcraft and you need a one slot, great. I, that being said, I think there's plenty of other things that you could put in the one slot.
0: Well, I don't. I don't really think uh, in limited. I don't. I don't think decks need a one slot. So I mean, I think normally the only one slots I play in. Like if I look at scars, I will play galvanic blast at the one slot s- spot. I'll play a spell bomb, or I'll play a life staff, and I think all of those things are much, much better than this guy.
1: Um, that's a completely valid point. Um. Yeah, one ones for ones bringing the beats doesn't really seem like a very normal white thing to do. Granted, white weenies, you always have that slot, but maybe they're trying to rebuild that
0: archetype. Well, he's just he's uh, he's a non-artifact with metalcraft, and those have proved to not really be effective uh, thus far. Uh, I mean, a, a prime example would be the uh, the. Uh, What's her face from Scars? The the one one for two that gets uh uh plus plus two plus two and flying.
1: Oh the um uh Skyfisher?
0: No. The uh
1: the Aeronaut?
0: One of those white Sunchaser. The the Sun, sun Yeah, you. the Sun Chaser. She's not good. Like I, I wouldn't play her. So I mean, why would I play a three-three that isn't gonna fly?
1: <laughs> that makes perfect sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I've I I would pass this guy all day long and be delighted to see my opponents play them against me. Okay. Um.
1: So yeah, and as far as constructed goes, there's loads of better choices.
0: Yeah, he's like the equivalent. Like if my if my opponent plays first turn plays a planes and a salvage scout. I'm I'm looking forward to the next opponent because I know that I'm going to beat that guy. Right. <laughs> it's it's almost guaranteed that if he's choosing to play subpar creatures, I'm I've got him by the balls. Okay. Uh next up uh we've got Banishment Decree, which is a uh instant at common. Uh it costs 3 uh, white, white. And you put target artifact, creature, or enchantment on top of its owner's library.
1: I don't like this card.
0: I'm right with you there.
1: It's too expensive for what it does.
0: Yes, it is too expensive for what it does. Um, <laughs> it's not... I mean, the, the, I th- I think that... Uh, the times where it's good for you, like when you really – like if you put somebody's true conviction on top of the library and, and then you've got all the good blocks on them and then you strike back for lethal or something like – you know, that that big success story that would come, would come out of this card is outweighed by the times where you're like, uh Like all you're doing is putting it on top of the library and there's so many things in the set that want to be replayed.
1: Right. And the five mana for having it in white to be able to do it to yourself. At that point, just splash blue,
0: really. Yeah, I mean it's. Not, I mean, you're you're. I think at that point you're tempoing yourself. Right. And
1: it's yeah. It's just not a good card.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan. I say let let your Trigon run out of counters. Let your Tumblemay run out of counters because if your deck is built right, you should be. I mean, this the slot this card would go in would be something else that would just be another threat for your opponent. You don't need to replay your your uh, your tumble magnets and stuff because Glint Hawk is fine. Like for that, Glint Hawk is fine because not only are you getting to replay your Trigon or your Tumble Magnet, but you're also you also have a two two flyer, so you're adding to your threats. This doesn't add to your threats.
1: And in constructed. If that's the best instant speed you have to deal with a threat, then you've built
0: your deck wrong. Oh yeah, in Constructed, there's there's plenty of better spells than, than this thing.
1: Right. So, um, moving on from that card, we have Choking Fumes, which is a instant. It's an uncommon. Um, for two colorless and a white, put a negative one, negative one counter on each attacking creature.
0: And I like it. More or less. I, th- I think it's playable. Um, I would definitely pick this card. I mean, I'm not going to first pick this card. Um, but if it comes around to me sort of late in the pack, and, uh, you know, I'm just looking for that combat trick, I'll definitely right. pick it up. Uh, I definitely would like running it more than, say, Dispense Justice.
1: Which I'm on the other side of that coin. I would rather run Dispense Justice over Choking fumes. Really? Uh, Dispense Justice gets around a lot of things.
0: Mm, But there's a lot of ways to get around Dispense Justice as well. What what I like about this is that it costs the same as Dispense Justice. And so a lot of people that you play against, you leave that three mana up, and they know, like, if if I see an opponent leave three mana up, he's playing white, I'm like, all right, well, he's probably got Dispense Justice here, so let me... I'm either not going to attack that turn and play another threat or if I've got board presence, I'm going to swing with things that I don't care to lose. Uh, say a Mere token, a Mana Mere, something like that to make sure that I can – the creature that I want to get through gets through. Right. Uh, with With something like this, if my opponent does the play I was just talking about to me. And I get them with choking fumes. that could be huge because not only does it shrink the good creature they want, but it kills any it kills any one ones any chumpers they're sending my way, so it essentially does the same thing plus more uh because a lot a lot of people i mean dispense justice a lot of people play around it, and I know that there's tricks involved with it as far as you can block the one ones. Uh, and then bo- after damage is stacked, before combat ends, after damage has been dealt, essentially, right. after combat ends – or r- right before combat ends, you can play Dispense Justice, and then they – if they only have the one attacking creature, they have to sack it because right. their tokens or whatever already are gone from the board. Right. But uh, But if you don't have the board presence – like, choking fumes could be huge.
1: True. I mean, it's it's situational. But I think...
0: It's I think I true. think it's a good combat trick. I mean, even if you're attacking, it's a good combat trick because, you know, you could attack into an opponent who thinks he's got good blocks on you, but choking fumes could completely blow him out. I mean, I no, think it's good... Um, com- no?
1: Choking fumes is on each attacking...
0: Combat. Oh, okay, okay, okay.
1: You don't want to be... Uh, you be never shrinking your own guys. Maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. But, uh. Maybe you yeah. lose. I, I, think it's pl- <laughs> I think it's playable and constructed. I mean, okay. like anything, you know, build around it. But if you're playing with some proliferate, like a contagion clasp or something like that, I mean, it can be definitely be good. It blows out
0: Boros. <laughs> yes. It blows out Boros. <laughs> yeah. But, uh. Yeah, I. Yeah, I think it's fine. I think it's fine, and white doesn't have a whole lot of this, so I think, I think it's good to have in white. Uh, agreed. All right. Uh, next up, we have a card I'm very fond of. Like I'm, I am high on this card. Uh, Divine Offering is a instant at common for one in a white. Destroy target artifact. You gain life equal to its converted mana cost.
1: I also really like this card.
0: It's essentially White Shatter, and I'm a big fan.
1: Um, Well, it's essentially half of a disenchant with replacing the option for an enchantment with life gain. So that's also very solid.
0: Yeah, I, like, and this thing is very common in a small set. Like, you will see way more of these than you did Shatters in your Scars pack. Right. So I like I was a I mean uh, in 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 decks where I was at where I was playing Mirin during the pre release, I would easily get two, sometimes three of these things and they were they were beatings.
1: Right. Well I mean especially now anything that can destroy artifacts will see a lot of play.
0: Yeah. So I mean and, and at instant speed it's just, it's just good. It's, it's solid. Um, I've, I've, I've got nothing else to say about it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I would say as far as constructed goes, I still would play revoke existence over divine offering. But, well, I might go two and two now instead of four revoke.
0: I like, uh, as far as constructed, I would definitely play revoke over divine offering. Be- well, just because uh, of thinking, thinking of what I'm worried about in constructed. I'm worried about Wormcoil Engine. I'm worried about, well, now Blightsteel Colossus.
1: Right. Well, the the trade-off, you're trading the Exile and the Enchantment targeting for instant speed and life gain. Yeah, but... Sometimes you need instant speed removal.
0: That is true. Some, sometimes you do. Um, but, I don't know. I... Th- I just I don't like destroying a uh, a, a worm coil engine especially oh, I can the li the life gain just doesn't make up for the fact that now I've put the same amount of power in two diff- two separate creatures on the board right so
1: it's a great card and we'll leave it at that moving on we have frantic salvage which is three mana and a white for an instant it's at common. Put a number of target artifact cards from your graveyard on top of your library. Draw a card. I think it's too expensive for a cantrip, and I think it's an okay card. It'll make it into constructed if you need um, non-creature artifact recursion, but I think that's about it. It's not going to be a solid, you know, white constructed card.
0: And as far as limited. I mean, I would pick this spell up late and maybe against heavy artifact removal decks. And if I'm in the right – like if I'm playing a heavy artifact deck myself, this is a fine card to pick up late, sort of have it in the board. Because it, it probably won't make the final cut Um, because it's very re- reactive. I like very proactive cards. Right. You know, in order or, for me to play this, I I have to be saying like I'm gonna have a lot of my artifacts in the graveyard.
1: Well, with this set you might. I mean, there's enough artifact destruction.
0: Yeah, I just don't. I just don't know. Like, I just don't know if like I might just want to have another good artifact in the slot. But I think it's I think it's a fine card to pick up late and then just sort of have it in the board maybe. And you know, if you see. A spot where you're like, you know what, I think this would be good in this matchup. You bring it in for game two or game three. Agreed. Yeah. Because I it, it was only played against me once at the pre-release, and it was just a four-mana cantrip because I left no artifacts in his graveyard.
1: Um, I had one guy play this against me in the pre-release, and he played it. He must have had, I think, two in his deck because over the course of our match, he played it probably three times. And he always just used it as four mana,
0: candra. And that's just not good, right? Like you're already right. losing if you're yeah. if you're running this out for that.
1: If you want, to, if you have to pay four mana to draw a card,
0: probably not the best. Yeah, you probably you probably have already lost. Right. Um. All right. Next up, this is a card that I saw quite a bit of, but I didn't play with it or against it at the pre-release. Um. This is Gore Vassal. He's a uh, creature hound uncommon uh, he's a two one for two and a white and his ability is sacrifice him put a negative one negative one counter on target creature then if that creature's toughness is one or greater regenerate it it's definitely weird <laughs> yeah it is it is weird because of the whole regeneration thing but like that doesn't re- like I under like I understand why the regeneration thing is really good. Do you know why it's really good?
1: Um because if you can force it to use the regeneration, it taps it.
0: That's right. So, it, essentially it could it could like like I think that this guy is actually better than Fume Spitter in its ability, um but not as good. It it costs 3 and that's a big problem.
1: Right. And there's a whole you know, there's a lot of combat tricks you can do with this guy. I yeah. just don't exactly know how well that actually pans out.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I would need to play with this guy more, but I I can see good scenarios for him. Right. The but thing- I think the average scenario is you run him out on turn three, and he's he's pretty much putting a negative. You're pretty much putting a negative one, negative one counter on something for three.
1: Right. Um, there's one in Constructed, I think, if you're running him with Sun Titans, that could be real entertaining. hmm But, mm. that's about it. <laughs> if you had some nice graveyard recursion, there, then you could, you know, throw some Thurlock stuff out. But at that point, there's plenty of other creatures that do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, as far as, as, far as Limited, I see uses for him, like... You know, sometimes they've got that, you know, you've got, uh, you could have a good alpha strike, uh, but, uh, you know, they've just got that one creature that complicates things. You know, being able to tap that creature down by making it regenerate. Right, well, on the flip side with that,
1: you have to find some way for that creature to use the regeneration. What do you mean? Okay. Okay. So if the creature suffers is one or greater, regenerate it. Yeah, I'm assuming I haven't read the fact on this. I probably should have. Um, the regeneration, the regenerate. It, I'm assuming is just like a normal um, re- regenerate activation, where it doesn't actually use the regeneration unless it um, is going to be killed.
0: No, 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 no. Because it because this would never kill a creature like that. Right. Like, any creature that's, no, it would have to be, it it the, this ability is regenerating the creature.
1: Right, well that's like with, say, River Boa. You know, you pay two mana to regenerate it. Right. If you pay two mana and it hasn't been dealt lethal damage, it doesn't use the regeneration until it is dealt you know, the lethal damage or the destroy effect happens. And then after that point, then it taps. Really?
0: That's how regeneration works, yeah. I don't regenerate anything, so I don't know.
1: Um, well, when we have our first break, I'll dig through the fact, and we'll come up with how the Gore Vassal works.
0: All right, he's confusing. Let's move on to someone yeah. who's quite clear, quite clearly awesome.
1: <laughs> then that would be the hero of Bladehold. Yeah, <laughs> four two blue, not two blue, two white, two colorless for a human knight at mythic rare. Uh, she's a three-four with battle cry. And whenever Hero of Latehold attacks, put two 1-1 white soldier creature tokens onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking.
0: There's only one thing that bothers me with her. Which is? She doesn't make two 1-1 knights.
1: <laughs> that is...
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, that'd be
1: almost too good. But the soldiers that are put into play assuming you stack your triggers correctly um, do receive the battle cry also
0: all right and how would you stack the triggers correctly just for well, people who don't know oh
1: yeah true so when she when you declare your attack with her um, she has two triggers at that point both the battle cry and her token generation so if you put the battle cry on the stack first and then put the um, tokens on the stack, then it resolves in the reverse order, so the tokens come into play, and then everything gets the battle cry.
0: Right. right. Uh, obviously, this is one of the knights that we mentioned earlier. That's just this is what you want in the knight deck. Like I, I think about like right now in in Danielle's knight deck, we're running uh, the uh, celestial crusader. It's like the the. Two, three, for four, whatever, flyer. Like, those come out for Hero of Bladehold, no doubt.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. It's very, very
0: good. Yeah.
1: And it's, you know, it's a mythic rare, and it frankly deserves to be. Which, that's one reason why, in all the events I played, the two events I played over the weekend, I played Mirin. so I could get
0: two Hero of Bladehold. Oh, uh, you know what was awesome? What was awesome? Uh in the first pre-release I played on Saturday morning, right? Regardless of what faction we picked, we got one of each.
1: Oh wow. Did you not have a lot of people?
0: Uh we had 18. Oh wow.
1: Um our store did not um was not so liberal with
0: the uh Yeah, the the second the second store I went went to had about the same amount of people and they just gave out the one. Right. Which I'm just like I know he's got extras. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so I actually ended up the weekend with uh, with uh, two uh, – well, because I got Danielle's promo cards as well. Cause, oh,
1: excellent.
0: Well, because I get all her cards because I pay for her.
1: That's sort <laughs> of the
0: deal. Like, I'll pay for you to play, but I get the I get the good shit. Right. Because she knows anything I get for, over four of anyway, like – I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna give to her, because I just keep four of each card. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how that works.
1: So yeah, I think the hero's um, very, very solid. Now, to back up one second, I'm looking at the official fact for Mirrored Besieged, specifically about Gore, Gore Vassal. This this is pretty simple to look up, and this is also comes from the mother side. The points it has on it are. Um, that the regeneration shield that is granted um, lasts until the turn ends or until it's used. So, just by putting a negative one negative one counter on it and then granting it the regeneration ability um, isn't going to tap the creature until it uses the regeneration.
0: Eh. Well, I mean, then this guy definitely only goes into infect decks that run white.
1: Right, or he could be good in Boros if, say, there's a 4-4, and you want to lightning bolt it.
0: Uh. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I don't know. And the
1: regeneration shield that's granted lasts until the end of the turn. Or until used.
0: Oh no! So, I I think this guy then will have the same use as Fume Spare, and he's just going to kill your Manamir.
1: Right. Uh, I agreed. So moving on. Right. Sorry for the backtrack on that. That's fine. All right.
0: Kemba's Legion is a creature cat soldier at uncommon. He costs a whopping five white white for a four six with vigilance. And he can block an additional creature for each equipment attached to him.
1: I think this guy's real simple.
0: He's not good. I... Like, uh... In certain decks, I would run him. Um, I have paid seven for creatures before <laughs> in this set. Um, But uh, he would only be a one-of and still, like, he's... I would definitely pick this guy up late to put in my sideboard and I would run him against uh you know, the same thing I would run like a Gulma's warden or any of that shit against his, uh you know, infect or <laughs> I'm right. against that, you know, things like that, but uh yeah, seven's just a lot. Like at seven you could engulfing slagworm, at seven you can mirror battlesphere.
1: Right. So hence my point for seven mana he's not good enough
0: but if you don't have like i what i'm saying is like i have no problem having a single seven drop in my deck um just because i normally run 17 lands and i i don't know just there's something about the games i play where i end up with all this mana and nothing to do with it and uh so i i can see running a seven drop in my deck like i have i have no problem doing that uh but I would only run one 7-drop ever, and uh, if the, they're much better ones. So, you know, I, you know you're know, you going to pick this guy. If you pick this guy up at all, it's going to be in the first pack, and, uh, and you know, there's a good chance you won't run him, so I wouldn't pick him too high, is what right. I'm saying.
1: Okay, so moving on after him, we have Leonin Relic Warder. He's a uncommon cat cleric,
0: a 2-2
1: for two white, double white. So when Leonin Relic Warder enters the battlefield, you may exile target artifact or enchantment. When he leaves the battlefield, return the exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control.
0: This guy is the bomb diggity, I love him.
1: This guy's great. He's like a journey to nowhere for artifacts and enchantments, and he's a 2-2 for two. So incredibly solid, you know, cost versus power toughness.
0: And I mean, he, he instantly dies. There's no there's no doubt about that. Like I haven't played him where he's instant, where he hasn't just been killed as soon as possible. Right. Um, well, but that's great. I like that.
1: On top of that, he's subject to the same tricks as Journey to Nowhere, but I think it's, it might be actually easier to pull off seeing he is a creature.
0: What tricks are those?
1: Um, well, again, it's all about abusing the stack. So when he enters the battlefield, you may exile target artifact or enchantment. And when he leaves the battlefield, return the card under its owner's control. If you So if you play him out, you trigger his ability and put it on the stack. Now if you retain priority and can add to the stack before that resolves, say, any uh, bounce effect you have, so to return him to, to your hand... Um, that goes on the stack. And so when that resolves and he leaves play, um, the his secondary ability, the um, when he leaves the battlefield, that triggered ability is put on the stack. Now, that's all on the stack before his first ability has been resolved. So the second ability resolves, returning the card to um, the battlefield. But nothing's left the battlefield yet. So after all that resolves, his first ability resolves, and the card stays exiled
0: forever. Mm, that's tricky. I think someone would punch me in the jaw if I did that <laughs>
1: well,
0: in real it's life. Good,
1: it's a good thing to know.
0: I'm more than willing to do it online, though, where all they can do is yell at their computer screen. Right. <laughs> um, I, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's tricksy. It's a lot of work,
1: and you, for the same mana, you could just cast Revoke Existence.
0: Yeah, but this guy, this guy leaves uh, 2 2 by and it really, you could, you could do it again and just do the normal thing and remove another artifact or enchantment. Right, yeah. And I, you know, and this guy is multi-purpose, like, you can use it to remove your own stuff, like, those tumble magnets we're talking about. Right. And things like that, like, this is the guy you use that on for your own stuff, like, screw banishment decree, like, this guy's the guy, because... Then you and then you just swing with abandon. Like you just right. every every turn you're you're swinging with this guy, and if they want to block, great. And if they don't, well, that's also that's even better. Actually, I like that too.
1: <laughs> right. So yeah, he's incredibly
0: solid. Yeah. Um, the only thing about him is the double white, and uh, I, I found that a lot with uh, with white in the set is that I was just like, mm, double white. Like I don't like white, white. Cause then if he's in my opening hand, there's decisions to be made. Cause you're rarely ever one color. I don't know. So, but, uh, it, it didn't prove to be, uh, too, too difficult. It was just, it was just a minor annoyance. Just like, uh, this next guy, uh, Leonin Leon and which is a reprint. From the original Mirrodin. yep. Uh, and he is a creature cat knight at common, and he is a two two for white white, and he flies.
1: Hey, uh, two mana for two two flying knight really can't
0: beat that. Yeah, I mean, like like I said, the the only thing is that double white thing was sort of annoying, but uh, but it turns out he's strong enough to make you not care.
1: Right. And as far as constructing goes, if I was building a night deck, I think he's a pretty damn good 2-drop.
0: I think he's an auto-include into the night deck.
1: I think so, also.
0: Um,
1: so, simple card, I think there's not a whole lot more to say about
0: him. Uh, he uh, One thing I want to say, the one time I did draft, he was actually my first pick card. Now, granted, it was a really bad pack. I probably wouldn't first pick this guy, especially, like... <laughs> Just as a, as a side thing here I find with uh, with the drafting now with where you go Mirrod and besiege pack first and then the two scars packs I think it becomes more important than ever to sort of pick an early artifact to keep your options open that makes sense I mean picking a card that you know you can't splash like you can't splash a sky hunter like you pick them you're in white. And the funny thing was, I didn't end up in white in that draft. White was completely cut after that. It was a dead first pick card, and I felt really bad about it. But we can move on.
1: <laughs> um, next up, we have a Loxodon Partisan. He is a elephant soldier. For He's a 3-4, and he's common also. But his cost is four colorless and one white. So he's a 3-4 with Battlecry. And I had two of these guys in my sealed pool on Saturday... And he ended up being quite the rock star.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he costs five, but I've got no problem. I've got no problem with his body for his mana cost. I mean, we ran uh, Soliton all through uh, all through Scar's draft. So
1: right, and you know, uh, there were plenty of games where I had him plus two other Battlecry guys, out. and I had no problem swinging through with a five-four.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I I so... didn't get the chance to run him, and anytime I played against him, I crushed him. But that was not that was not his fault.
1: Right. The only problems I ran into with him was infect.
0: You know, after a few rounds
1: of being blocked by one ones and two twos, he eventually goes away.
0: But at the at the same time, he's exactly the type of card where if he wasn't main deck, I would bring him in versus infect.
1: Oh yeah, it's he served me well during. Um, my
0: um, it's just yeah. it becomes a much more defensive card in that situation
1: right. and actually um, in my last match of, of the uh, the sealed tournament which I ended up going two and two at at our pre-release sealed um, and two and two was the cutoff for prizes so in going into my last match I was one and two and so I was like damn I have to win this one um, and it actually went to the third game, so during the second, at the end of the second game, it was pretty close, but I ended up having both my, my Loxton Partisans on the board, and those were my only creatures, um, because I'd been trading back and forth with the guy I was playing. Um, and that was, eventually just those two by themselves were enough to, to, you know, beat down his, his creatures to give me the win. So I have a soft spot for these guys already.
0: All right, huh? Um, I've got a soft spot for Master's Call.
1: I do, too. (laughs) It's a really
0: good card, but I'll go ahead and let you uh, describe it for our listeners. It's an instant at common. It costs two and a white. And you put two 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature tokens onto the battlefield. Uh, you get two creatures for one card, which is good and limited. I mean, people are playing carry and call to get two infect creatures and pay him four to do it. Right. Um, so I think having uh, sort of a mirror to that in uh, for the metalcraft decks is good, and it's another three-costed white combat trick because it, with scars draft, if like I said, if if your opponent's in white and he's got three mana left up, you're like, all right, well he's gonna dispense justice me. Now, it's like, well, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, he could have dispense justice, he could have choking fumes, or he could just be, you know, waiting to master's call, and even if that's not good blocks, he could just be waiting to do it at the end of his turn.
1: Right, and actually I ended up having one of these in my pool over the weekend. And it worked out pretty decently for me. Um, In one of the games, my board was, I think, turn... Four. My board was pretty weak, but I had a etched champion out, which is from Scars, and it's just a two-two for three. That if it has metal, if you have metalcraft, it has protection from all colors. So I mean, it's a solid rare-ish for limited, but um, that was really my only creature out. And the guy swung in with a um. What's one later out? He, yeah. Anyway, he swings with a Phryxian Vatmother. Vat Mother, and I was like, eep. So I drop the master's call, and then block with my champion. And the champion had the bat mother, pretty much at a standstill the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean this card does say instant metalcraft for all the metalcraft cards that you right. want that you That's want right. to have. Like, it, like I said, like even master's call does not get you there with the uh, the one one that becomes a three three. Right. Uh, but with uh, I mean, I mean. Let's look at let's look at the good metalcraft cards: uh, Chrome Steed, Etch Champion, right. Rustic Relic. You know, I mean, Master's Call gets it done like instant metalcraft. Like that's that's pretty good.
1: Right. And so next up we have the Miran Crusader, who is another knight. He's a rare. He, two white and a colorless mana for a two two he has double strike protection from black protection from green this guy's awesome
0: oh yeah i'm a big fan of this guy definitely want to run uh, him in the night deck and uh in limited he like i would definitely first pick this guy um yeah he's he's uh he's solid he's solid against the i mean he's a beating for the infect deck But he's also really solid just again, I mean, the double strike really just makes him solid in general.
1: Right. It's just an all-around very good
0: creature for the mana. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about this guy.
1: Not not too much. Uh,
0: Do you think he could see Constructed Play outside of a knight deck?
1: Yes. I think he might have the same sideboard... um, slots that a core Firewalker has. Because, while um, red was very strong leading up to this, black and green got a large bump in this set. And so I think you'll start seeing more black-green effect at your local FNMs. Right now, huh? So, this guy is a great sideboard card to bring in against them. And he... Potentially... Gives you a better race condition against infect.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, Because, I mean, you can keep, pretty much say that infect creatures have double strike. so. Right. Okay. okay. All right. Um, next up is another rare. Uh, Phyrexian Rebirth. Uh, costs four white-white. It's a sorcery. And you destroy all creatures, then put... An XX colorless art, horror artifact creature token onto the battlefield, where X is the number of creatures destroyed this way. Uh, I, in limited, I'm um, all for this thing. Um, constructed, I don't know. What do you think?
1: Um, I actually like it in constructed. Slightly. I I don't know if it would be a four of, but the main reason is if you look at Day of Judgment, which, you know, destroys all creatures, it's uh, two colorless and two white. So Frixing Rebirth is two more mana, two more colorless mana, and for that same amount of mana, you're not going to be able to drop a Day of Judgment and then pay two colorless to get any sort of good recovery creature. Whereas Friction and Rebirth gives you a Day of Judgment effect and gives you a creature to start the beats with on the next turn.
0: Now, here's a, here's a rules question. Sure. Um, all right. If you destroy all creatures but some of the creatures get regenerated, do they count as creatures destroyed this way?
1: That's actually a good question. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say no because they're not destroyed.
0: Well, they were. They were just regenerated. Well, no, the destruction was prevented. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um, okay, actually, looking at the official fact: Frixian Rebirth. If a creature regenerates or is indestructible, it will not be counted when determining the value of X.
0: Aww. Oh, that's unfortunate.
1: Great right thing to put into your night deck.
0: No, it's not.
1: Um, yeah, night exemplar.
0: Yeah, but he only he only becomes as big as like the 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 creature only, you leave behind only becomes as big as
1: as big as the number of your opponent's creatures you just killed.
0: Yeah, you might as well run day of judgment because it's cheaper okay. at, if, at um, that point okay. and if you're because because you're not if you're if all your if your army is staying you're not really worried about leaving behind. An True. XX artifact,
1: or you could run, for example, Rebirth and Day of Judgment, and just have eight destruction effects.
0: Yeah, but then you're cutting back on your knights, and <laughs> you're, that's a, well, that's not a good plan.
1: <laughs> well, neither here nor there. It, uh, it's a good card. I I like it.
0: Yeah, I, I would. I I mean, if I opened it in limited, I would. Um. Yeah, I'd, uh, would I first pick it, or would I ship it? I think I'd have to first pick it. Right. Yeah, i'd I'd have to I'd have to pick it because it, it's like a Sunblast Angel. Man, it's and it, it pretty much is. It pretty much is Sunblast Angel just because of the creature it leaves behind.
1: Right. Um. Yeah. Well, moving on, we have up next the priests of Norn. They're clerics, which is here's a little. It's a little weird that they're not racial clerics. They're not humans or cats or they're
0: just clerics. Well, what do you think that would be? Look at the art. Well, yeah, <laughs> pyramid hair, pyramid head <laughs> cleric. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, um, it's a common. It's a two colorless and one white for a one four. They have vigilance and infect. Um, I sort of like these guys, but I they're decent uh, defensive creatures. You know, they have high toughness, and they have Infect, which is great, but I'd rather run Wall of Omens.
0: Well, oh, you're talking about for Constructed? For Constructed, yeah. Okay, right. okay. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think, as it is with a lot of Infect creatures, as far as Constructed, they're going to be in the Infect deck, or they're just not going to be... Um. Yeah. But I, I think that uh, in in limited, like what I like about the uh, the infect creatures in white, and we'll be talking about the the other one next, is that uh, they're only one color cost, so that they're easily splashable. Right, and you could easily do like black green splash white for priests of Norn and uh, Tine Strike so it i I like uh I like him I think he's solid I would if I'm playing in fact I would definitely splash him because I mean you look at how good tang Angler is in so many ways like the vigilance on this guy is is huge um yeah and and he's competitively caught I mean three three is is you know I mean that's that's the right price for a one four vigilant Right. So, um, the other infect creature is, uh, as I mentioned, Shrike, and he costs three and one white for a creature bird common, and uh, he's a 2-1 flyer with infect. Uh, not Not big on this guy, and I mean, what do you think?
1: Um, I think four man is
0: too much. Four man is too much. Even if he's got flying, I mean, you know, I, I think just like uh, what was it the Black Cleave Goblin? Right. Uh, if you're if you're really looking to pick up uh, infect playables, you're gonna pick this guy up, but you're not gonna be excited about playing him. And if you can, if if at the end of the draft you have a chance to not run him, you won't.
1: Right.
0: And, uh, you know, because he does it like black cleave goblin was, I think actually better than this guy because of the haste because, well, I mean, because you could really like throw your opponents off by playing a black cleave goblin and getting in there for the win. Uh, this guy has to sit a turn before he can attack, and uh, no one's gonna let him live. And uh, he, you've pretty much spent your turn casting him for that four mana, and uh, pretty much everything else in the air is going to kill him. And uh, chances are you're gonna be playing against a lot of things that fly. So yeah, I mean he he if he was in the last set, he would have been better just because there was a little bit less air. You didn't have Leonin Skyhunters and stuff, but I mean, you still had to deal with you know, everything from Lumen, Grid Drake, which could be out at this point since this guy's four mana, to uh, you know, Kemba's Skyguard and Sky Eel School and so on and so forth.
1: Yeah, and I think for Constructed, he just doesn't fit nicely anywhere. I just think he's too awkward for Constructed.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things in Constructed you want to do with the four slot. Right. And this ain't it.
1: So, moving on from that, we have something that flies that is good. Victory's Herald. It's uh, rare for an angel. It's 3 white and 3 colorless. So, 6 mana for a 4-4 four, four flyer. That whenever it attacks, attacking creatures gain flying and lifelink until end of
0: turn. Uh, This guy is awesome. Like, you first pick him, definitely. And you push white as far as you can take it. Because, alright, like, I'm cool paying six for a 4-4 flyer anyway, and his ability just puts him over the top where he's just a beating.
1: Right. I mean, anything that gives all your troops flying... And lifelink? It's uh, okay in my books.
0: Well, yeah, and even even if he's the only board presence you have, he gives himself lifelink. Right. Uh, so, I mean, he's he's a threat by himself. He makes all of your other creatures better. And at, as a 4-4, he's really hard to deal with immediately. Right. Um, I mean, your opponent would have to untap Turn to Slag or something like that. Otherwise... It's going to be really hard for them to deal with him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm all for victories, Herald in in Limited.
1: Right. As far as Constructed goes, I don't know if it's going to see a lot of play. Because uh, for that mana, there's other things you can do. And I don't know if people will think that it's better than Baneslayer,
0: which is one mana less. Uh, but people, uh, like, especially at FNM, they are playing. Uh, there's another triple white and three flyer that people are playing. what is that uh am i thinking of Linvala?
1: <laughs> Possibly. Last week's card of the week?
0: Yeah, what do you think about Linvala? Oh, over, well, over victories Herald.
1: Um Linvala's only four mana.
0: Oh, okay. Then and, uh
1: and I would play Linvala over victories Herald.
0: Oh, then I'm thinking of I'm thinking of the other one.
1: Sunblast? No.
0: No, I'm thinking of uh, the one that you name a color.
1: Uh, on Mission Angel?
0: No. No. You name a color, and your opponents can't play spells of. Okay. The chosen. Iona. Iona, that's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Um. Hmm. I don't know. I actually think Iona's better. Iona, fuck! Fuck! Be- victories,
1: Harold. <laughs> um, Iona, John, is nine mana, not six. Holy crap! She is six colorless and three white.
0: All right, look, if people can play nine mana spells at FNM and win with them, I think you're fine playing Victory's Herald. <laughs> right. I, I think Victory, Victory's Herald
1: is a great card. And so, if you have the mana slots for it, by
0: all means, play it. All right, our last white card is White Sun Zenith, which is uh, part of a cycle of cards. Uh, it costs... X white 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 for an instant and it's a rare and you put X two two white cat creature tokens onto the battlefield and shuffle white sun Zenith into its owner's library.
1: For constructed, I don't like it. Why? Because there's better things you should be doing with that mana at the high end. I mean, how, where's the sweet spot for how much mana you want to put into it?
0: Well, if you put six mana into it, you get six power worth of creatures. If you put. Uh, and then you just go from there, like. It gets exponentially better as you go up, but even. For
1: six mana, you're getting three 22s that there's nothing special about them.
0: Well, sometimes you need tokens.
1: True, for five mana, you can get a Sunblast Angel. Not Sunblast, um, a Baneslayer Angel.
0: Yeah, but Baneslayer Angel is one easily taken care of creature.
1: True, but Baneslayer is
0: potentially better.
1: Neither here nor there, White sun Zenith is a good combat trick.
0: And it gets shuffled back in, so it's reusable token generation. True. And it's at instant speed.
1: Right, hence a good combat trick. Yeah. It's a good way to throw down some blockers when you need them.
0: For 6 mana, you can kill a Grave Titan with it.
1: Um, True. And for... What would that be? 6, 8, 10 mana, you can kill a Grave Titan and his cronies?
0: Yeah, just 10 mana. Oh, bro. Yeah, Or
1: you could do the same thing with Day of Judgment.
0: But, I mean, there's a lot of mana generation going on now, so...
1: There is. I think it's definitely a
0: wait-and-see card. I don't think it's the best zenith. It's definitely not the best zenith. But I, I think I think it is good. I well I think they're all good. Like I have yet to see a zenith where I'm just like, oh that's crap. Well maybe the red one. I don't really like the red one, but I uh I would say the red one is the worst. I would I would actually put this one uh second or third. Okay. On the on the zenith cycle.
1: So yeah, it's uh there's not a whole lot to be said about it. I mean, it's and
0: in limited, you first pick this.
1: Oh, in limited, it's a completely
0: just, different game. And just so a, you know,
1: <laughs> great card.
0: Yeah, it it is a uh, uh, making 2-2s on a whim is huge in a format dominated by one ones.
1: Especially seeing you can shuffle it back in your library. Oh yeah, usable token generation, definitely good in limited. Yes. All right, so I think that wraps up our white. Uh, We'll take a short break and come back with the blue.